Another edition of the Locked on Race podcast, and today we have the pleasure of speaking with Tristan Peters, who is one of the Rays' up-and-coming prospects, and also you can find him and watch him in spring training. Tristan, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, and let's get right into it. Your first spring training as a pro baseball player, what's that experience been like for you? Well, so my first spring training, uh, I got drafted in 21 by the Brewers, and uh, it was interesting. So I just gotten off. I had only played rookie ball after I got drafted. And, uh, yeah, and that, that was, it was pretty cool. I uh, met some of my best friends there. And, um, yeah, and it was just exciting, too, to see, like, all the players above you, below you, whatever. Um, and now, too, like being my first big league spring training, now I get to practice with the big boys. <laughs> day. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah. it's really cool to meet all of them, pick their brains. And, uh, yeah, really fun to get myself out there, too. I want to kind of show myself and see can't get a leg up, you know. Right, absolutely. And you mentioned, I, I like how you – explain that of pick the brains of some of the older more experienced players who've been there done that a little bit any players in particular that you've spoken with had a heart to heart with and just kind of try to pick up some information from them um yeah i'd say i've talked to like uh, ben gamble he was just mm-hmm. recently picked up by the rays i've talked to um charlie colberson um he also just got recently picked up by the rays and they've been in the in the in the game for a while now, uh, so that's been cool. I've talked to Brandon Lau a little bit, uh, but yeah. honestly, to, I talked to Charlie probably the most, more so about like kind of life and like family and stuff like that. That's kind of what I'm interested in. I just got married in January, so that's kind of a big part of my life. But you know, I find I'm finding just like listening to them is also another thing I like to do, um, and I find uh, that they all have different perspectives on the game too. And so it's not all, they don't all think the same. I think there's different things that work for different people. So that's been interesting to see. Right. Absolutely. And, and how would you evaluate, uh, evaluate your play so far in spring training? I've looked up the numbers briefly and you look like you're settling in pretty well, but just that experience of the, the first big league spring training, if you will. Uh, well, I think I've been doing pretty well. I've been seeing the ball well. Um, just feeling really good at the plate. I think a lot of my off-season work, it, it seems to be paying off. I guess we'll see in the actual season. But I worked really hard on getting stronger. I'm looking to get my power numbers up this year. So mm-hmm. I haven't really shown much of that yet in spring training. I've got a double. But I'm just kind of, yeah, just trying to get stronger and maybe hit some more home runs. But I also don't want to get away from what I've always been good at, which is contact. And um, I've been doing pretty well this spring with that. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm trying to enter this season too with a new set of new kind of confidence too. And I think doing well in spring training has helped me with that too. So it'd be right. nice to get that rolling into the season. Yeah. And you mentioned confidence. I mean, you had a really strong 2022 minor league season. I mean, a 796 OPS, uh, eight home runs, 18 stolen bases, I think nine triples. If I saw it, you drove in a lot of runs as well. Um, the, the contacts there, drawing walks, I mean, very 
numbers that I think that you'd probably be pleased with, right? And and just kind of mm -hmm. a nice stepping stone for 2023 and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think I did. Uh, I had a good season. Uh, there were some ups and downs, definitely. That's just how baseball is. Mm -hmm. um, but I really found out like how important my confidence is, especially when I got traded to the Giants from the Brewers in August. I felt like that took a huge hit on my, I me mean, mentally and like my confidence and it kind of showed in my numbers and uh, there were glimpses of it coming back, but at the end of the season too, it was just, it was tiring as well. But right. um, I think, I, I think I definitely have a lot more in the tank, um, but I really want to continue to pride myself on like walking and um, eliminate my strikeouts. Cause that's what I'm good at and see if my the extra strength and weight I put on this off season can't uh, hit a few more home runs and get the power numbers up. But Yeah. yeah. And um, I know that that's been talked about in the, the scouting reports is you do what a lot of players can't do, or, or that's, it's kind of a gold mine of, Hey, somebody that can make contact and hit the ball. And of course, just getting those power numbers up to that, to that next level, that next step is of course a priority for you. But, um, I saw online, I, I think they list you at six foot 180. Is, is that accurate? Or are you up to, you know, 185, 190, 195? Where are, you, where are you standing right now? Uh, so I think I weighed in at spring training last year or the, yeah, I was about 181 at the end of the last season. Mm -hmm. um about like six percent body fat now i'm up to uh i've got i touched about 200 pounds uh yeah and so i put on quite a bit of weight almost 20 pounds and just yeah i went really hard with the lifting lift every morning uh, five days a week so yeah and was that something that the raise kind of led to you of hey you're you're great hitter, but we'd love to see you add some strength, add some weight and, and be able to, you know, sustain the grind of a, of a minor league and major league season eventually one day, because I imagine just, you know, playing pretty much every day. And sometimes in the extreme heat, it's, it's hard to keep on weight as it is, but, or was it more of a, a personal edict of, Hey, I just really need to make a point of, of putting on some weight and strength. Yeah. So, um, it was originally the giants kind of, they okay. were like, basically all we want you to do is hit the gym we don't care if you don't swing at all we are not worried about your swing or anything like that mm -hmm. and the Rays didn't I got traded in November so the Rays didn't have much to say they wanted to kind of see me before they made any um, um like adjustments to anything yeah I would do so I just kind of said it as my priority um which the Giants told me to do that and I would my mind was already set on doing that so I was like yeah I'm just gonna lift and I didn't swing nearly as much as the last off season, but honestly, my swing feels even better. We've, I've worked with some of the hitting coaches here and they've done like, I feel fantastic, honestly. Um, there's still always improvement, but yeah. And so, and um, does your, yeah. Yeah. And does your, do you feel like this newfound strength and weight and power, is it, is it showcasing itself in like the exit velocity numbers and um, just how hard you're swinging the bat or have you not really gotten a chance to, to look at that data yet? Yeah. Uh, I haven't really seen any of that data yet. Um, I feel like based on just what I've seen for myself, I don't think we've, I've seen it yet. I, I did hit that double last the other night pretty hard, but 
I don't, I don't know. I'm trying not to get too concerned with the exit feels and stuff. And cause that's kind of when I get away from my approach and then I, but yeah, I'm just trying to basically, I think it's more so getting it more consistent rather than getting my exit velos up. Cause I, I hit the ball hard I know I can do it. And I think I'm just trying to, I think it's more of an approach for me, like a mental approach. And then right. with the extra weight, who knows, maybe I'll hit it a little harder, but we're also working on getting elevation to the ball as well with my swing. Yeah, no, that that's great insight there too. And, and just kind of piggybacking off of that, you know, you hear a lot or, or sometimes, you know, the a sports fan, baseball fan out there says, well, a guy added a lot of strength and weight. That means he's probably not as fast, agile, quick, athletic as he was before. Um, do you feel like the, the added weight and strength has had an effect on your athleticism or do you feel like you're still mobile um, just about as you were of previous years? Um, I'd say I'm probably more mobile now. Um, mm-hmm. We did, we didn't just work weight training and like getting strength on it. We did like sprint work too. Um, I wouldn't say, I don't know how much it, we haven't really tested if I've gotten much faster at all, but I feel a lot quicker, like just like quick steps and side to side movement. Um, Cause that was a point that I really wanted to hit on too um, while lifting. But, right. Uh, yeah. Awesome. And then, um, I mean, you mentioned it, uh, you've had quite the, the whirlwind of, of a minor league or, or pro baseball career, I should say, from being drafted by the Brewers, traded by the Giants to now being with the Rays. I mean, three teams in such a, a short time, I guess that it, it must weigh on you just, you know, mentally and, and physically and, and spiritually as well a little bit. But I, I guess um, everything happens for a reason. But just can you kind of outline that process of just having to kind of pick up and run, pick up and go so much of late? And you know about Built Bar is that it's a delicious treat that doesn't have all the fat and calories. So you've got to try Built Bars now. We've told you this since the beginning, 100% real chocolate. Every single Built Bar, that's real chocolate on them. And they come in unbelievable flavors like peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, whatever you desire, they have it. And now in 2023, you no longer have to wait until your uh, delivery comes in at Built.com. You don't have to wait for that. You can go to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream. Or you can also go to Sam's Club and grab a 13-bar box with brownie batter or coconut puffs. Whatever you desire, you will get. So remember, Built Bars are super healthy and delicious. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. So if you want something healthy but delicious, you have to try Built Bars. Yeah, it's one of the weirdest feelings ever. Uh, The one from the Brewers, the trade from the Brewers to the Giants was probably that was way tougher than the one to the Rays. It was during the season. I think it, it, it like, it kind of destroyed me mentally, honestly, mm-hmm. at the time, because it was already, we're nearing the end of the season. I'm physically, I felt physically mentally drained. Yeah. And then I had to pick my up my stuff and go. And um, <laughs> it was funny too, because I was uh, proposing at that time, like <laughs> when I got traded, I proposed about a week later and there's just a lot going on at once. And I didn't know anybody. Uh, I think that 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 kind of that was hard on me. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think I, I saw it reflected in my numbers, too. So I'm trying not to see like it was hard for me to look at those numbers and not have, and then have confidence in myself. And that just 
kind of went down, spiraled down, I guess. But yeah, yeah I'm just that's why I'm really focused on getting my confidence up and getting through the season with high confidence the whole way through. Right. And I guess you could look at it two ways of, yeah, a team is letting you go, but there's another team that wants you in acquiring mm-hmm. you. And, and that seems to be the case for the Rays. Um, did they tell you anything about, you know, once you joined the team and, and got into um, the race system of like, hey, this is why we went after you. This is why we we like you as part of our group going forward. Hmm. Um. I don't, I don't hear a lot about that. I think they keep mm-hmm. more to themselves um, with that kind of stuff. Um, I think just based on what they have going on in the minor leagues, I think they're looking kind of more for a lefty uh, bat and maybe more contact type hitter. Um, but I, I, I'm not entirely sure. I didn't hear anything when I got traded to the Giants either. But, I mean, it's telling too. Like it was, It's really cool because both my trades were one-on-one trades for – pretty pretty good players like the first one was rosenthal yeah i mean he was hurt but he used to be he used to be a really good pitcher um but and then what they giants put wisely on to the 40 man after they traded for traded me for him so it's pretty cool to see so i think they see something um good in me and like it's another it i use it as a confidence booster yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I would think evaluated highly. In fact, one for one for a, a longtime major leaguer. Any baseball fan knows the name yeah. Trevor Rosenthal. And I know that with Tampa Bay, Brett Wisely was a up and comer and, and really right. well liked too. And then of course, like you mentioned, added the 40 man of the Giants when um he was acquired by then by them right. as well. So um and and kind of off of that and being in the Rays organization, I know it's you know just kind of getting into the season here, but um any differences in terms of how the organizations operate or communicate or uh, present information to you um, between the the Brewers, the Giants, and the Rays, or um, nowadays, you know, are all major league teams sort of similar and, and kind of follow the same protocols, if you will? Um, well, I'd say kind of like overall, it's very similar. However, like the Brewers, they love their numbers. They love like exit velo and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I found anyway. Um, and they wanted us to kind of, they made it, it wasn't as individual as the, it didn't feel like, or like coaches weren't individually teaching you. And I feel like I felt a lot of that here with the Rays. And I love that. That way um, I can kind of know where I'm at with not just the organization, but like the people who are with me every day of the season. And, mm-hmm. but they're just very little things that are different but they really have a huge impact, I think. Right, absolutely. And for 2023, obviously, besides getting through spring training, um, do you have any, you know, big outlook goals for this year as far as, um, you know, certain numbers or benchmarks you want to hit or is, hey, I want to get promoted to AAA and maybe get an appearance in the big leagues? Do you kind of chart or measure some of that and kind of goal set, if you will, of, hey, this is these are, you know, three, five, ten different things that I want to be able to do over the course of 2023? Um, yeah, I try to set myself more of my, uh, uh, goals really high. Mm-hmm. Um, I've told people and my wife, uh, I'm like, I'm going to set it high this season. I did last season and I, I got to where I got, I think because of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, that my, my biggest goal for this year is to make big leagues. And I know like online, it says my ETA is like 24 or whatever, but like, 
you know, it's, it's something, it's kind of fun. Like I want to prove, I want to prove myself and yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, and then like numbers wise, I don't really have anything set. I just, yeah, I, I really focus on the average. So getting that high, it's important to me. Right. And my absolutely. Uh, strikeout, uh, sorry, my strikeout rate as well. That's really want to keep that on the lower end and improve my um, plate discipline. Yeah, absolutely. And, and over the course of playing in the minor leagues, um, you know, I've asked a lot of other prospects this, but um, just what do you see as the, the biggest difference or challenge of going from, you know, rookie ball to a ball to double A? What are the biggest differences in, you know, making that, that next step, that jump from level to level? Hmm. Um, hitting wise, I'd say, um, rookie ball is very difficult (laughs) because the pitchers there, they are a lot more wild, but young, they're not as, they don't think the way that an older person thinks like in double a, they are way more mature on the mound. Mm -hmm. It's, I I don't want to say easier to hit, but like, you're kind of thinking the same way that they're thinking, but they're also, but, and they're just way more accurate. Mm-hmm. like a lot more strikes and so it's not as unpredictable i'd say but it's still very difficult because the pitchers also have better stuff and that's another thing it, it's just a different challenge at each each level yeah and you, you mentioned better stuff is it um because I've, I've actually heard this as well is that you know in the in the lower levels it's yeah guys can throw you know 96 to 98 but it might be coming at your head one pit one you know the exactly. first pitch the second pitch might be down in the middle you just don't know which i guess you know <laughs> strikes a little bit of nervousness and, and fear for for the the person at the plate there but um as far as like the the advancement of pitching is it just you know sharper breaking balls larger repertoires just kind of all that command and control yeah, definitely. I mean, they just got better. And I think it's a huge part, like they're way smarter. And then they mm-hmm. have that they have that stuff that people have at the lower levels, but they know where they can throw it at the same spot each time. Like fastball, they could throw a hundred mile an hour fastball up and in. And then yeah, they just can do what they want to do with the pitch, the other guy, which makes it easier in the in a way, but it also makes it more difficult in a different way. It's, it's, it's kind of complicated. Right. Absolutely. Um, now going back a little bit to your background and, and being originally from Canada and, and growing up there, which by the way, I didn't see this online, but when did you actually make the transition from Canada to the States? Was it, um, in college going to Juco bowl? So, I mean, were you basically born and raised all through your youth in Canada? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was born in Winkler, Manitoba, Canada. Pretty small town, but twelve thousand people. Uh, I played. I mean, I played baseball since I was like four, like t-ball, and um, not a lot of not crazy competition there. It's a small town, mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. So I left that town when I was sixteen to go play at a high, another high school, twelve hours west in Canada. Mm-hmm. And so I played there for two years. The, we would do trips to the U S and play like club or like uh, travel ball teams and stuff like that. And then we had some good teams in uh, Western Canada that we'd play. And so it was a lot more competitive, a lot more um, uh, exposure to scouts and stuff like that, like schools. But yeah, the first time I came to the U S and like to live and play baseball was uh, yeah. 2018 uh, in junior college for two years. 
We'll continue this conversation as well. But first, we have to tell you about FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel because it is America's number one sports book. New customers get a no sweat first bet for up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and incredibly easy to use you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet for up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n to learn more be sure to make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. How much of a, and I've had, we, we actually interviewed um, Curtis Mead multiple times on the show. And I think Australia to the U.S. is probably a, a bigger culture shock than Canada yeah. to the U.S. But I'll ask you regardless, just um, any any major cultural differences or, or lifestyle differences in going from Canada to the States for you? Um, it's not terribly different. I find it's a lot more individualistic here. Mm -hmm. Um, back in my hometown, it's very collectivist, I guess you could say like our family is always together. Like we're almost never apart. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was kind of weird for me to leave. Uh, There was like a couple family members that weren't in that town and I was one of them, but (laughs) yeah, it's not, it's a lot more individualistic here, which I like to an extent, but I, I like the family aspect as well as Canada. Right. Absolutely. And, and you mentioned, I mean, pretty much playing baseball your whole life. Was it solely baseball or did you also dabble in other sports, be it hockey, basketball, lacrosse? I mean, what was kind of your, your sports childhood growing up a little bit? Um, I loved hockey. I played that until my sophomore year of high school. Uh, and then I pretty much pursued baseball, just baseball. I also love volleyball. It's probably one of my favorite sports. Um, I played soccer up until high school. I played basketball until high school. So I played, I played, yeah, pretty much everything I could. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And I mean, I've, I've heard, I know Kevin Kiermeyer, former race player, was very adamant that, hey, it's important to diversify yourself and play a lot of different Absolutely. sports and, and get that experience in competition and working different muscles and just not getting burnt out in any particular one sport and kind Absolutely. of, you know, yeah. And, and basing off of that a little bit, I mean, I, I'm just curious. I mean, when I think of Canada, I, I think, you know, hockey first, and then, you know, maybe, I don't know, basketball, baseball, you mentioned volleyball. What is the kind of the hierarchy of, of sports hood up in Canada? Is it hockey number one and then baseball, or is it basketball? I mean, kind of what are kids playing, you know, most often there? Uh, it's definitely hockey. I yeah. started skating when I was like two years old. So <laughs> yeah, uh, people, people start young there and they, they play and we got a ton of NHLers and like, from my hometown too, but mm-hmm. baseball is definitely making a, it's, it's good going up the ranks. I'd say, yeah, I'd say it's honestly probably second to hockey now, Wow. but volleyball and basketball is pretty popular there too, but hockey yeah. just blows everything out of the water. Right. Absolutely. And, and do you, I mean, since, you know, over the last handful of years, whatever it may be, do you see baseball growing in popularity, I guess, depending on what the Toronto blue Jays do and what some other you know, players from Canada have success in the big leagues because it seems like, you know, I've, you know, after 
you know, being on this earth for a couple decades now, it's like, man, you look at it and there's like a lot of Canadian players that have had success at the big league level. And I would imagine that has some sort of um, positive effect on the country too, of like, Hey, if, if Larry Walker can do it or somebody can do it, then I can do it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Blue Jays are honestly a huge part of that, especially that I know we, they had when I was growing up, when they had Jose Bautista, Josh Donaldson, all those players like yeah. baseball was that's it, it started to blow up in Canada. Um, I know in my town specifically, small town, people are just I think, um, yeah, just they've been watching my journey with it. And uh, I think kids are being more inspired or parents are putting their kids in baseball more often. I'm kind of ex- curious to see like what the numbers are looking like compared to the previous years. Um, and I love growing up in that community too. I grew up right on the baseball diamond side and like yeah. a one minute walk to the baseball diamond. So it's, it's, it's definitely becoming a lot bigger. And I think that's also due to uh, these academies. Like I went to Okotoks um, dogs Academy and I think that was huge for those places are huge for baseball because they're broadening it like they're expanding throughout. They have a summer league in Canada, too. It's really cool. Yeah. And, and kind of focusing on that for a second. So these academies, I mean, I look, I don't know a whole lot about Canada. I just assume, hey, it's Canada <laughs> hockey cold. I, I couldn't imagine playing baseball up there. But how does that work exactly? Does it have to? you know, if if you're trying to play year round, is it, is it teaming up with one of those academies and then you got to travel to the States and play tournaments in you know, California, Texas, Florida, is it, um, unless there's a bunch of indoor facilities that I don't know about, just how does that work of being able to maintain your, your game and your skill set playing up North like that? Yeah, it's, that's what makes it tough to play baseball in Canada because mm-hmm. the winters are so long, you need an indoor facility and they're not cheap. And yeah. those academies, they provide that. Um, at least Oak Toast had an, an amazing indoor facility, and it, it was a huge advantage for us players there. And so we would be we'd be playing all year round in my hometown. We couldn't do that, so I'd be playing hockey in the winter, baseball in the summer, mm-hmm. which it worked. But I feel like if you really want to get really good at a sport, I think you have to play it all year round or train for it at least. And yeah, and I think those academies allow that. And I think they're just kind of expanding and people growing in popularity. And so that's huge for kids. And yeah, really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know that um, we interviewed Kyle Manzardo several weeks ago and he's from Idaho, uh, you know, so that's not necessarily a, a warm weather hotbed either. So he had to really want it and and grind um, to, mm-hmm. to get where he's gotten to this point. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, as far as, um, you know, growing up and, and, playing in Canada were there any players that you idolized any big leaguers at the time when you were you know kind of going through your youth of hey I want to be like this guy or that guy were were there a a player or two that you kind of you know always enjoyed watching growing up um I know when I was young my dad was very very passionate about baseball and Mm -hmm. he didn't get he didn't play it he played more like fast pitches like softball yeah but he loved the hitting aspect of it. And we would always look at video of Albert Pujols. Um, I wouldn't say he was, I, I didn't watch baseball a lot, but I, I kind of modeled my swing off of him in the beginning, but I've always kind of been, I like being my own kind of player. Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, there's similar similarities to other players in it, but I don't really, I never really had a favorite player to be honest, but right now, um, Tristan, just kind of, you know, moving along from, you know, growing up and playing in Canada and then getting to uh, junior college ball in Arizona and then Southern Illinois. How did that recruitment process work for you of, of first off landing uh, at a junior college and then winding up at Southern Illinois? Was it something where you and, and your coaching staff in Canada had to, you know, make those calls and inquiries or, or were you know, these, these college teams kind of pining for you or a little bit of both. Um, yeah, I, I, coaches in Canada, they didn't really have much uh, mm-hmm. to do with like the recruiting process to SIU. It was more just, just the coaches at the college. And then I, I would talk to my dad and my parents, um, yeah. people like that. But yeah, it was, I felt like it was my decision. And, and so yeah, I didn't have a ton of influence from any outside sources. I'd say it was pretty much just me and my family just making those decisions. Yeah. And and what were the biggest differences between junior college and then playing division one ball at Southern Illinois? Just was it a matter of, you know, the competition is maybe a little bit stronger and greater and then maybe the amenities at Southern Illinois, uh, you know, more to uh, someone's liking because we hear the stories about Juco that it, hey, you really got to want it and love it and, and got to grind to um, to make it work. Yeah, it was, it was probably definitely the amenities that were the biggest difference. Honestly, the junior college um, league that we were in was really good. We had like Central Arizona, Yavapai. They bring out some huge players, um, a lot of D1 bounce backs and stuff like that. Um, but I I would say, the, well, also we were a wood bat league, so transition in metal was a little interesting because also in Canada in high school, we swung wood. So I've been swinging wood my whole life until <laughs> SIU. So that was an interesting um, transition, but I, I didn't mind it too much. I like to, right. I like swinging wood though. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And then um, when it got time for the MLB draft and you're eventually picked in the seventh round, um, was that something, were you expecting to go kind of thereabouts, say, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round, or were you picked higher than anticipated, lower than anticipated? Just kind of, if you can just take us back into um, that process and just um, how that all worked out for you. Yeah, so I remember uh, I was talking with my agent. He said, like, highest I would go was, like, sixth round, mm-hmm. but, like, not super likely. So I wasn't really expecting to get picked as high as I was. I was honestly expecting, like, maybe ninth round, second day, but most likely 10th or 11th round. Uh, Brewers were not on the list that I was expecting, so <laughs> that was a very mm-hmm. shocking to hear that they picked me. Um, it was really cool, but yeah, I, I, we had almost zero contact with them until the draft actually happened. It's kind of crazy. Just the draft just works in weird ways. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then now you're with the Rays, obviously things can change, uh, very quickly and, uh, uh, with that. So, um, now have you gotten a chance to, I've been, I've honestly not been able to follow every spring training game, but have you played a spring training game at the Trop yet? Yes. Yeah, I played okay. one. Uh, when was it? I think a few days ago. Whatever our last home game was, other than today. Um, okay. 
what but, what's that experience of playing in the trop just you know it you're playing in a indoor facility a dome um you've got the artificial turf um different lighting and, and obviously it's a major league ballpark and you're playing spring training games you know with just a, a couple thousand fans just um what's that you know been like for you compared to maybe some other traditional spring training venues i mean it, it i think it's super cool like it's a big league stadium anytime you get to play in a big league stadium that's pretty pretty cool thing um it is weird with the limited fans because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's very it's a very big stadium and it's just very quiet <laughs> yeah um but it's i still think it's super cool there's a, some adjustments i had to make with like fly balls and the catwalk and the, the lighting it was it was interesting because i played in the dome before but not that kind it was that chase field in uh, arizona but uh yeah really really neat experience and uh, I'll, I'll be in the roster tomorrow and see if i get in but um I just yeah. even being on the bench there, it's really cool just to experience like big league field. Right. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, one day between the months of, you know, April and October, you, you're, you know, playing in the trot. That'd be, that'd be nice too. Um, and, and you goal. mentioned it. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be quite the experience. Um, you mentioned it uh, defensively a little bit. Um, I know you're an outfielder, but do you have a preference? Is it, you know, where are you getting a lot of action? Is it right field, center field, left field, a little bit? all over the place just what are the rays doing with you more or less um so the rays have been doing like pretty much everywhere i played one game at center i played a couple at left a couple at right so um i'm thinking they're probably gonna lean more towards me playing left um just kind of that's what i was doing last year too a lot of left field i love center field but i also like left i as long as i'm hitting then i'm i'm happy but yeah and continuing on the the defensive end of things, um, what do you consider to be your your strength defensively? Is it your range? Is it your arm? Is it your your ability to make um, you know spectacular plays at the wall? Just um, or do you just find yourself a, a well balanced outfielder who can kind of play all around a little bit? Um, yeah, I'd say I'm pretty well balanced. I think. Um... Uh, what I try, the way I try to separate myself is just, um, making, like, not being afraid to make those, uh, crazy plays. Like, I've, the amount of times I've ran into a wall is kind of insane. It's kind of, I know it scares my wife, but, um, I, I like, I think it's the hockey part in me. Like, I, I don't mind putting my body on the line to make a play. And, mm-hmm. which, yeah, I, and I think that, I can make those plays by the wall um, without fear, I guess. And that's, and then I think my range too, I'm not like the fastest. I think I just get pretty good jumps on the ball. I know my arm is definitely um, some, uh, something I need to work on. Uh, the strength is, I think it's gotten a lot better since last year even, but yeah. Yeah. Is there any, um, you know, whether coming through the minors or now with the Rays, uh, is there any data that teams are giving you as far as, hey, your your first step quickness or your range or your ability to close in on a certain play? Um, are there, I mean, are there data points like like we see offensively with exit velocity and hard hit percentage? Um, are, are some of those sort of in-depth metrics also applied to defense that you found? Uh, yeah. Uh, so with the Brewers, we did 
I think they measured first step quickness, but uh, we never really saw that data. They did show us like our sprint speeds, but I think that was running down the first base line, which I mean, it's the same kind of deal, but uh, I know the Rays have talked a lot about how they prioritize like first step quickness and they have like percentages. Um, it's pretty similar on every team I've been with. They have like Hawkeye system and they're trying to do that more so in minor leagues now, but it shows your first step quickness, um, probability of catching the ball and kind of things like that based on positioning. Right. Absolutely. Um, and then just, you know, this is a question that we like to ask uh, minor leaguers, just a, a day in the life. So so what is your typical game plan or, or outline um, from, you know, more or less the moment you wake up to the moment you get to the ballpark, play the game, and then go to bed? Just what's your routine if you have one? Oh, man. Uh, I'm trying to remember the last year. It's going to be different this year. I'm, my wife's coming along, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of sleeping in during the season because our games are a little bit later in the day right now. Definitely not. <laughs> but um, I don't really have much of a routine. I like to show up to the field early, get uh, just get there early, chill out a little bit, just talk to the teammates, um, lift if I have to. I'm trying to make that more of a focus this year and lifting during the season. It's very tough to find the motivation, but yeah, I'm trying to incorporate that in my routine. Yeah. And, and what do you find um, to be, you know, the, the most challenging or, or difficult part of, of being a minor leaguer? Is it, you know, the constant travel, the, the grind of playing just about every day? Is it, you know, being away from family and friends? I mean, now you'll have your wife um, traveling with you, which I'm sure will help. But just, um, you know, what the, the most difficult aspect of, of being in that situation? I think it's, uh, it's travel mostly and being away from family. Um, I'm used to like, I moved out um, when I was 16. So I'm pretty used to being away from my, that family, like my parents and stuff. I like when they come visit, I love it. But yeah, it was, it was definitely hard last year. Like my wife or actually my girlfriend and my fiance at that time, but we were doing long distance. I think that was hard. Now it's going to be really nice to have some support when I come home. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, but definitely just, the distance between you and your family and all the traveling that you get that you do. Right. Right. Um, and then, you know, obviously in season it's you're it's go, 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 but off season, everybody has their own, um, scenario and situation. Um, what's it like for you? I mean, we know that, um, you know, you really put a focus and emphasis on, on getting stronger and, and hitting the weight room, but, you know, besides you can't hit the weight room for eight to 10 to 12 hours a day, not, that, that I've ever experienced anyway. So what, what kind of did you do in your downtime or, or how did you fill your days and hours in the off season, if you will? Um, I, well, I need to do some extra work. I, uh, helped my, uh, brother-in-law out with his business and uh, his backyard and stuff just to get a little extra cash. Um, but, um, and then the rest was being with my, um, my wife, uh, wedding planning and stuff. She did most of it. I think she worked probably the hardest out of the two of us. And, but I know there was a lot of stress with that. So it felt like a really busy off season. Didn't really, it wasn't a lot of off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I understand completely. 
Um, now getting into, you know, what we like to consider some, some fun questions a little bit, you know, a little bit off the subject of baseball, if you will, um, besides baseball, what do you like to do in your downtime? Uh, what's your favorite hobby or activity? I love, uh, video games. Um, I like to, yeah, like I like technology. I build computers and stuff like that. I love, so I kind of miss that in the off season. I get to have my big computer, but now I have to store it. No, during the season. But I just like doing that kind of tech stuff. Um, we go to the beach right now. Uh, I, I know today me and my wife went to the beach. Um, but yeah, uh, computers are definitely my biggest hobby outside okay. of baseball. And you mentioned video games. What's your, your go-to there? Oh, man. It changes all the time. I like to play MLB The Show, so I mean, I don't really yeah. get away from baseball. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I played a lot of um, Rainbow Six Siege. It was called. I played a lot of Call of Duty, as do a lot of teammate my teammates and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, just a big variety. My home. My wife and I got into this game called Raft, and you just build a raft on the ocean, and it's very relaxing. And yeah, lots of fun. The good bonding time with my wife. So. <laughs> No, that's awesome. That's great. It's it, that's what it's about. It's about you know being able to kind of chill out and and get away from the world, if you will. So, um, so there's that. What about um, you know favorite television show or or movie if you have one? Is there something you're watching on Hulu or Netflix or Disney Plus, whatever it may be? Um, yeah, my favorite show is definitely Mr. Robot. It's a computer, uh, uh, or he's like a hacker. It's real realistic, so I love that. But me and my wife watch that um movie i mean i'm a huge fan of star wars movies she just okay. whispered something to me i can't i couldn't tell what she said <laughs> oh yeah we're watching we're watching another tv series right now it's uh called the chosen it's um uh, uh it's based on events in the bible and okay. yeah so that's been really really cool to see um it's played out by and it just seems like real people and really puts a different perspective on the Bible and, and faith is a big part of our relationship and uh, everything we do. So awesome. And then um, what about, you know, I, nowadays everybody's on their uh, devices or, or whatnot, but any, um, you know, favorite reading material, you know, books, um, you know, online websites and anything that kind of piques your interest there. Uh, I'm not much of a reader, but, I do like audio books and I listen to the auto or uh, the book uh, where the crawdads sing. So that, that was pretty good. I like to listen to books on uh, long road trips. So okay, that's a great time. But um, my wife and I will read magazines or another Christian magazine. Um, I forget what they, they're called. Um, oh yeah. Focus on the family. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I'll do a little bit of magazines, but. Yeah, I'm not a huge reader anymore. No, awesome. That's it's good to hear. I, I've got the audiobook thing in, in common. I got a mm-hmm. hour and a half commute every day. So gotta oh, wow. get through the audiobooks like crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh what about uh food? What's your what's your go to meal favorite food if you have one? Uh definitely steak. I love steak, like filet a filet mignon. I mean, that's on the rare occasion that I get one of those, but yeah, definitely okay. steak. Any uh, 
like a, a steak from a particular restaurant? I mean, is it, you know, Ruth Chris, um, or you kind of go more with the homemade, um, just yeah. kind of variety there? My, my own steak. I have this seasoning um, that my family uses and it's every other steak is kind of not very good compared to it. <laughs> hey, there we go. So are you, is it safe to say that you're the, the best uh, steak maker on the, in the race system? I mean, is, would you kind of hold yourself to that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm confident. Enough. I'm confident in my steak making abilities. <laughs> Hey, no, it's good. Hey, you got to be confident to, to make it yeah. in the big leagues, to make it in sports. You got to be confident, yeah. whether it's you know, yeah. swinging a bat, playing in the field or making stakes. You got to be able to, yeah. you got to be able to, you know, have it within yourself. So, um, okay. Exactly. So kind of, yeah, tied into that a little bit. Um, I, I also asked that, uh, I also like to ask these types of questions as well. Um, regarding your, your teammates with the Rays, um, besides yourself, who would you consider to be the most athletic teammate that you've encountered thus far mm, that's an interesting question athletic yeah oh man i'm trying to think um dang it's tough and there's and a yeah, yeah i mean like probably one of the best players that i've seen not including in the big leaguers would probably be kyle manzardo Right. Yeah. yeah, he's just yeah, he's good. He's real yeah. good. Um, I mean, he's athletic, but I'm trying to think. Yeah, I I just don't know everybody well enough either. Yet, yeah, and like haven't seen a ton out of them. But, no, yeah. it's all good. Yeah, we've heard you know Kyle Manzardo, Mason Hour, Greg Jones. Those are a couple of of the ones we've heard on occasion. Um, Greg, what, yeah. yeah. What about um? the funniest teammate <laughs> logan driscoll <laughs> not even, yeah he's just a goof yeah he's funny i like that guy i've heard he's got like a an interesting kind of laugh where he makes a statement and then he has like kind of a he makes some sort of like audible sound or something <laughs> i don't know i can't really test that but I, his every time he just smiles i just start like laughing he's just one of those kind of people yeah, he makes the clubhouse fun, which is important. Yeah, yeah, sure. he's a great dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about besides yourself, of course, uh, the most <laughs> intellectual or, or smartest teammate that you've encountered? Oh, yeah, I definitely wouldn't say myself on that one. Um, man, I think um, probably Tristan Gray. Not Tristan Peters. <laughs> okay, there Tristan we go. Hey, from one Tristan to another. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he's also another really athletic one too. Uh, he's he's a good ball player. Yeah, I think I've, if I'm not mistaken, his power numbers are pretty insane too in the minors yeah. as well. Yeah, kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, who is the best or, or toughest pitcher that one you faced in the minor leagues and two you faced thus far in spring training? Um, face the minor leagues. Oh man, I can't remember what his name was, but he was throwing like 101 in high. Mm. Um, I think he was he was one of the Latin guys on the Cubs high. 
And he's one of those guys that throws 101, but you don't know exactly where it's going to go. And he had a 92 mile an hour slider. Uh, yeah. 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 That was tough. But the toughest person I've faced thus far, probably being live at bats against, uh, dang, what was it? I think it was Rasmussen. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think it was him. Yeah. 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 That was definitely him. He, I got, I got a, Probably, I got a good hit off him, but he struck me out like three other times. So. <laughs> hey, yeah. he struck many guys out at the big league level, so don't be uh, too ashamed yeah. about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's good. Um, he's a yeah, yeah. Um, he might be the next guy that gets a contract extension by the Rays. He's, yeah. he's a good one for sure. Um, yeah. Now, uh, if you weren't playing baseball, um, what do you think you'd be doing as far as a, a career path? Have you given any thought to that? Um, I would be wanting to do cybersecurity. Right. I love it. I just not so much programming, but yeah, cybersecurity build. If I could build computers too, just for a living, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Uh, that seems like a good inter- industry to get in nowadays with, yeah. uh, you know, everything going digital and, and all the, the hacking that we've seen and all the data <laughs> breaches. So, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of positions like that, that are around for sure. Um, and I forgot to ask this as well. Um, do you have a favorite uh, musician or, or artist um, or, or type of music? What's your go-to there? I like uh, my favorite genre is probably blues, country kind of blues. Uh, my favorite artist right now and for a while now, is his name's Charlie Crockett. Okay. He's a distant relative of Davy Crockett, but... Uh, He's got my favorite kind of music. It's like country blues, Western. I love Western music. Awesome. And then um, what is what is a interesting or fun fact about yourself that we have not mentioned on this podcast yet? I think the, the listeners should know that you're from Canada. You play baseball. You're good at it. Um, any kind of interesting stories or tidbits about you know yourself maybe you know you write right-handed but you are a lefty like what what's kind of a fun fact about yourself if you would if you can think of oh man or your family too i mean um, oh yeah oh uh, um i watched you said we we met country dance and i country dance uh me and my wife do and so we'd love to do that uh, like okay. swing dancing western swing uh and line dancing 